Amen. Amen. Hey, that was great worship. Let's take our seats. And uh, while you're doing that, open your Bibles and open them up to the 81st Psalm, Psalm 81, as we take a look at a message today, Strength for the Journey. Um, Sue and I have been away the last couple of weeks. You don't want to know where we were because when you find out we were in Florida, you might be a little jealous of that. Um, I've had my nose swabbed more times than I care to admit in the last little while. But uh, the one thing I do know, um, as of Friday night, two days ago at 7.30, I don't have COVID because we had to have more tests because Lord willing, I say all that so you can pray for us, uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock we uh, get on another plane and are heading uh, to Romania. And uh, we'll be speaking over at a conference over there along with uh, Pastor Robbie from Oakville and uh, Pastor Ian from Durham and Sue and I uh, will be going over there. We're looking forward to that trip. And uh, so I'd ask you to pray for us for that, which is, ties really nice into the message today. It's called a Strength for the Journey. Strength for the Journey. Um, when, when I think about my own life and I think about the things that I ask God to give me strength for... Um, And then I'm reminded that Scripture also has another principle. Um, It's okay to ask God for strength. That's not a wrong thing to do. But we need to realize that God is our strength. And so we want to focus on that in the first part of this message. But as we uh, think about this, what do you need strength for today? Uh, Maybe as you're going through your days, you're here in the room or you're at home and you're watching and you're like, I just need strength. Lord, give me strength. Lord, please give me strength. Maybe um, it's a health resource thing. You're going through some testing and you're not sure how the results are going to be and you're concerned about that. And it's, Lord, Lord, would you please... Would you give me strength? Maybe it's a task that you have ahead of you. Uh, Maybe you're moving. Maybe you're whatever you're doing. It's like, Lord, I just need more strength. Um, uh, Maybe it's um, a thing in your family with uh, relationships with your kids or or with a spouse or in a relationship that's growing. And and you're just like, Lord, I just, I need more strength. Would you, would you give me, Lord, please, please, would you give me more strength? Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's school. Um, The list goes on and on. We need strength. We need strength. Where do you find your strength? If you're like me, you just try to plow through and Lord, I'll just work hard or I'll work, I'll work smart or we'll just, we'll get through this together. Um, I got a, a text from one of the pastors in a GCC fellowship um, last night around seven o'clock that said, have you heard about another pastor friend that we have um, whose brother committed suicide? And I hadn't heard, and he didn't know whether the story was true. And so we try and find all of that out, only to find out about a half an hour later that one of my ministry friends, um, his older brother, who was not a believer, uh, took his life on Thursday. Um, You better believe that guy's praying for strength. Lord, would you give me strength? Would you give me strength? Like, what do you need strength for today? Um, What is the, here's a big idea for you. What is the, I can't do it, Lord, I need strength. I can't do it, Lord. It's it's too much for me. I can't do it. I need strength. We want to find that in Psalm 81. So let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read his word. This is an amazing psalm uh, written by Asaph, who was a a worship pastor, a worship director for David. Uh, He wrote Psalm 73, other than Psalm 23, my favorite psalm. And uh, he wrote this psalm as well. Here's what it says. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. 
raise a song, sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. For it is a statute of Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land in Egypt. I, I hear a language I have not known. I relieved your shoulders of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called out and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O Israel, excuse me, hear, O my people, will I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him, and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you in the finest of wheat, of wheat and with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for this amazing psalm and the truths that we will see in it and find in it. We pray, God, that you would just um, open our ears, God, so we would listen attentively to what your word says. Father, we all carry burdens. We're all trying to do too much. We're all trying to work harder. We're all trying to, and Lord, today we need strength. We need strength from you. And uh, Father, if we're in a great place, there's trouble that's coming, and we're going to need your strength. And so, Lord, I pray that you would guide us as we look to this text to listen, to understand, but then, Lord, to live these things out by faith, knowing you will guide, you will direct your children. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. You can take your seats. A um, number of things, about five or six things we want to take a look at out of this text today. Here's the first thing. Strength for the journey comes from, here's the first thing, recognizing the source of our strength. We have to recognize the source of our strength. This is the what part of the message, and we'll come to the how part of the message in just a few minutes. But I always find myself, and I said it intentionally as we were talking at the beginning of this message, about asking God for strength. Lord, would you give me strength? I've got this thing to do. God, would you give me strength? And I don't think that's wrong. I don't believe that's wrong in and of itself, but it's not complete Because we don't understand that not only does God give us strength, but God is our strength. That's the more foundational and the more important thing for us to understand and see. I don't need more of my strength. I need more of his strength. And so if you're one of those people who just keeps, okay, Lord, give me strength for this. Lord, give me strength for this. Lord, give me strength for this. You're missing out on one of the most important parts, and that is that God is your strength. God is your strength. You'd say, oh, Pastor Paul, can you prove that from Scripture? Well, yeah, I just absolutely can. And uh, so I'm going to put some Scriptures up on the screen that will help us to see this from, from God's Word. First one, Psalm 59 and verse 17, it says, Oh, my strength, I will sing praise to you. For you, oh God, are my, for you, oh God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. 
Isaiah, in the middle of his journey in Isaiah 49, 5, said this, And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. As you're going through the journey of life, are you seeing that God has become your strength? Or are you just toughing it out and toughing it out and toughing it out? Jeremiah, Jeremiah 16, 19 says, O Lord, my strength and my stronghold, my refuge in the day of trouble, to you shall the nations come uh, from the ends of the earth and say, our father Our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, worthless worthless things in which there is no profit. I love this verse, Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. Psalm 46, 1, a very famous verse that I'm sure you all know. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Okay, so you're in trouble, all of us, in some form or another. We're carrying a load. We're carrying a burden. We've got this trouble. Are we crying out to God to be our strength or do we just find ourselves trying to muscle through it? God, give me strength. God, give me strength. And God says, no, 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 no. I am your strength. I am your strength. What I have done for you, what I have accomplished for you, I am your strength. Psalm 18, 1 and 2. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. A couple of New Testament passage, Ephesians 6.10, right after the whole, in the whole context of put on the whole armor of God, right in the middle of that. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. One more. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 9. This is uh, Paul speaking as he's wrestling through his thorn in the flesh. And so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, my strength, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. We need to recognize the source of our strength. You see, when God is our strength, then God gets the glory. And that's why I try, you might say, well, you're splitting hairs, you're splitting hairs. Well, I think it's important to split these hairs. Because when I ask God for strength, and he gives me strength, and I just trundle through this thing at the end of it, it's like, look what I did. Look what I did. And, and, and we need to, we're going to see what our part is in this in just a second, but we need to be faithful in all these things, but we realize that God is our strength. He is the ever-present help in trouble. He is the one who will sustain us. He is the one who gives us the breath that we breathe. He is the one that determines the ends of all of these things. Stop resting in yourself and your strength and focus your eyes on, Lord, be my strength. We do have a part in this for sure. Um, 
The Bible says we are to love God with all of our strength. Mark 12 and verse 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Like in this relationship with the God who saved us, we are to be all in 100%. And we have to do our part, but we need to realize the strength to overcome, the strength to get through the journey, the strength to face the things that we need to face comes from God himself. And I love the fact that at the beginning of the psalm, it says this, sing aloud to God our strength. God our strength. How much of that is focus of your life? Sing aloud to the God who is our strength. Stop trying harder and leaning in more on the God who is faithful to you, God who is our strength. And well, that's the what, but then there's the how and all kinds of principles that come out of this text. And so here's the first thing. A strength from the journey comes from passionate worship. You want strength from the journey? It comes from being a passionate worshiper. We're all worshipers, everybody. Everybody in the entire world is a worshiper. Uh, some people worship money. Some people worship self. Some people worship things. Some people worship family members. Some people worship their goals. Everybody's worshiping something. Um, we're all worshipers. We are to be passionate worshipers of the God who saved us. We are to be passionate worshipers of the Lord Jesus Christ who came and suffered and, and gave his life so we could have eternal life. And by receiving that gift, like we're to worship him. Um, we're to worship the Holy Spirit who gives us strength and leads us every day. We are to be passionate worshipers. True worship is not focusing on self or others or things. True worship is focusing on God, reveling in him and expressing that overwhelming passion to him. Now, in, in the context of this of this passage, he really talks about one part of worship, and that's music. And we're going to go back to that because I think it's important. But, but we need to understand that our whole lives are an act of worship, right? Whether, whether I'm eating or drinking, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Like, it's not just this little thing we do for the four songs we sing before the preacher gets up on Sunday morning. It's, it's not just what you do when you're sitting at your kitchen table and you've got um, uh, music playing. That, that's worship, and that's good, but that's just one little part of our overall worship. Worship is seeing God and reveling in him and rejoicing in him more and more every day um, as we look forward to the day coming when Jesus Christ will return. But in the context, context is always important, in the context of this passage, he's talking about our corporate worship. He's talking about our being together in worship. Um, look again what it says in verses one um, through four. It says, sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine and the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon, on our feast day. Um, for it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. Our worship is to be focused. I, I love the fact that in our church, what we sing, uh, by and large, is focused. It's to God. It's they could be prayers, really. It says, "God, we're focused to you," and and our worship needs to be focused. He says, he says right in the first verse, "Sing aloud, who to God, 
our strength. Your worship, your corporate worship, your personal worship needs to be focused toward God. It involves our whole being. Um, In the text, it talks about singing and playing instruments. And it involves all of us. Worship is not some um, passive thing in our lives. It's a passionate thing. Uh, What do you get most excited about in your life? Maybe it's a sports team. Maybe, no, the Leafs won last night. Okay. Some of you are watching that. Some of you are coming a little unglued when they were behind 1-0 in the first period. And I was coming unglued when they were 1-0 in the first period and uh, losing. And uh, you don't want to lose to the Boston Bruins for sure. And so there I am. I'm getting all wound up about that. And Do you get that wound up about Jesus? Right? What's your thing? So if you're like, well, I'm off the hook because I'm not a sports nut. No, but you have a thing. And what's your thing that you're passionate about? And, and, and here in this context, there was focused. The worship was to be focused. It involved their whole being, singing and playing instruments. Here, are you ready for the next one? It was loud. It was loud. Now sing to the Lord a new song. Not under your voice. Like, like let it out. Let it out. Sing to the Lord a new song. Um, Look at the instruments that are here. You have the shout and you have a tambourine and you have trumpets and other places in scripture you have cymbals and high sounding cymbals. And and so our worship is to be, it's to be loud. It's to be loud. We're so um, conservative sometimes in our quietness and God is like, shout to me, shout to me. Shout to the Lord. It's to be loud. But here's another one. It's to be corporate. It's to be corporate. Our worship we are to do together. For it is a statute for Israel, a rule for the God of Jacob. Um, you know, during COVID, it's been interesting because we've gone through times of transitions and I believe we tried to do the right things and we went at home for a little while and now we're back in church. And um, I was just looking at the registrations for the two services. There were two spots left for this service. There were two spots next for the next service. And what that says to me and what that says to the elders and staff are beginning to work on this is like, people want to come back to church. They need to come back to church. It's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come and corporately Worship. There's something about being in the room. I remember when uh, you guys came back a few weeks ago. It was your first Sunday back, and you came up after the service, and it's like, this is so amazing. Well, why? Because it's what it's supposed to be. And I would make a challenge to people who are at home and who haven't come back to service yet. There may be reasons why you can't. I understand that, and I respect that. I'm not speaking to you. But there are some who have just become too comfortable at home. You're sitting at home and you got your coffee in your hand and you're still in your pajamas. You got your extra hour sleep, but you're still in your pajamas and you're watching church and you're not involved in the corporate worship. Here they were told to do this. This was part of how they were going to celebrate and rejoice in what God had done for them. But worship is a corporate thing. And there's just something about being in the room together that's so important for us. You want strength for the journey It comes when we are passionately worshiping our God. I mentioned to you, Sue and I were um, in the States a week ago. We were uh, at the Senior Pastors and Wives Retreat down um, in Florida. There were about 160 of us in the room. And 
I can't wait to get to those things for all kinds of reasons, but one of them is to listen to people sing. It's unbelievable. You get a bunch of 160 crazy people just singing like mad dogs to the Lord. It's phenomenal. We need that. We need to sing to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And then we need to be fed by the word. Uh, If you want to have God's strength, if you want to experience God's strength, according to this text, he says, sing aloud to the God, our strength. We must be people who are passionate worshipers. Here's the second thing. If you want to be the strength, strength for the journey, it comes from remembering the works of God. It comes from remembering the works of God. Look at verses 5 to 7. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear, I hear a language I have not known. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. And then in distress you called me and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Mirabah. Well, what's that about? Well, there's two pictures here he talks about. He he talks about how when you were in Egypt and how I took care of you and how I delivered you out of that. I delivered you from the basket. I I brought you across the Red Sea. I I brought you into the promised land. I I took care of you. You Remember, remember, remember. when, When you need strength, you need to stop and remember God's goodness. And he talks about the waters at Mirabah in in, uh, Exodus 17, 7. Um, They needed water and the people cried out and, and, and their attitudes weren't great. But God still provided. God provided even when they weren't in a good place and the Lord took care of them. Like If you want to have strength for the journey, you need to remember. Remember the works of God in your life because it's in seeing what God has done and understanding I'll never leave you nor forsake you and remembering those things and seeing God's goodness and seeing God's faithfulness that you will have strength to trust him for the things you're going through right now. There's so many things in our lives where we can remember the Lord. Uh, God's faithfulness maybe in providing for you in a time of struggle. And you're looking ahead going, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't know how the needs are going to be met. And stop and look back and see how God has been good to you, how he's been faithful to you. Remember, remember. For us, we can remember the day of our salvation. Remember God's goodness to you and bringing you to the place of, of, of trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior and being saved. Remember. Remember, you deserve nothing. God gave you everything in Jesus Christ. And you trusted him and you were saved. Hey, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, that's the, that's the greatest thing God has ever done. He, he provided his son, Jesus Christ, to be the payment for the sin that we couldn't reconcile with God. It was reconciled in Jesus Christ. By faith alone, I trusted Christ and I was saved. By faith alone, you can trust God and you can be saved. That's the work that God does. It's an amazing work. It's the foundation from which we get our strength. Believe today and be saved. Think of God's provision. Think of a job. Think of your health. There are just so many ways. If you want strength for the journey, you'll have strength for the journey when you stop and calculate and you remember God's goodness to you, God's faithfulness to you. There are two pictures in the, in the text. There are so many things in our lives. But Lord, I got so much ahead of me. Well, remember God's goodness. But Lord, I'm not sure how you're going to do this. Remember what God has already done for you. If you want strength for the journey, 
You passionately worship. You remember the work of God. And we're going to have communion today at the end of the service where do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. We need to remember. We need to remember. Here's the third thing. Strength of the journey comes from listening to God's voice. I almost entitled this message, Listen Up. Um, but then I found, realized as I studied, it's really, it's a point of the message, not the point of the message. I think the key to this is God is our strength. How do we get our strength? Where does it come from? But every passage a preacher ever preaches, he could go back and preach it from a different perspective. You could mention, you could take this one and call it Listen Up. Um, do you feel like God's a long way off these days? Have you stopped listening to him? Sue, unfortunately, has to tell me more and more and more and ask me the question, are you listening? Are you listening? Every man in the room should be getting an elbow in the, right in the ribs right now because that's you, right? And uh, are you listening? Um, three times in the text, uh, God brings this up for them. Um, we need to listen without distraction, focused attention. When Sue's talking to me, the person who I love, I should be focused on her. I shouldn't be distracted in my listening. God, help me to do better at that. I need to listen with an open heart, a willingness to receive, a willingness to understand. I, I, I need to have that as the passion of what I am. So here's the three times he says it, uh, three times in the text. The first time is in verses 8 to 10. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. Okay, it's, you need a little slap up the side of the head, people. Um, here's what he says. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. Um, o Israel, if you would but listen to me. If you would but listen to me. Um, there shall be no um, strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Um, Listen to me as a result of singular worship or singular focus. Remember what I've done for you. He says, I'm going to admonish you a little bit here. And so maybe that's what you need to hear today. You've stopped listening to the Lord. and This is a little slap up the side of the head from God. He said, why did you stop listening? Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of you spend more time listening to the news and listening to friends who are giving you ungodly advice. And you're listening to all kinds of things, but you're not listening to what God is saying to you. Listen to me. Get your focus right. Get your eyes off of other things that you might be worshiping. Look at verses 11 and 12. He says there, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. The first thing he calls us to do is to listen to him in in all of those things. He says, submit. When we listen to God, we're willing to submit to what he says. And so what is God already showing you in your life that you know you're supposed to do and God has told you very clearly from his word and you're not doing it? You've got the same problem they had. You've got the same problem I have. We don't submit you need to submit to what God says. Listen to me and have a singular focus in worship. Listen to me and submit to my will. Um, God says, my ways are not your ways. And uh, we need to submit. Here's the third one in verses 13 and 14. Oh, that my people would listen to me 
that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Um, Look at the passion of God in this. Oh, that my people would listen. What does God want from you? He wants you to listen. Listen. God help me to do that. God help me to be a listener of what God is saying, of where God is leading me, and then be a doer uh, that comes out of that. Listening to the word of God. Listening in prayer. That be still and know that I am God moment in your life where after you've read God's word and you're quiet before him and you're praying and you're, you're listening to God. Listen through the word, listen through prayer. Uh, listen through the body of Christ, the church. Let's listen to one another, godly people. We are in our small group. We are uh, looking at the Ephesians study by J.D. Greer. And uh, he was talking about the body of Christ. And, but he talked about in the video we watched this week, it said that Christ is the head. So listen. Christ is the head. The body is how the head does the work. Listen to the head. Because the head is how the body does the work. Some of you are feet, some of you are hands, some of you are legs, some of you are whatever you are. We are the body of Christ and and we serve together and, and do the will of God. Christ is the head of the church and we are the body. Uh, In that video we watched, it was so cool because in that video, he reminded us that this right here is, is, is God's plan. If you want strength for the journey, you get it by being with this. Not by being out on your own, not by I can try. People who say I don't need the church aren't reading the Bible. The church is God's idea. And the church is where the head moves so that the body can work. So if you have needs, you get it from the church. If you need wisdom, it can come from the church. We need to be people who are listening to God. And uh, I find in my own life, I get so busy and I, I try to move so quickly that sometimes I forget to listen to the one who should have the major part of my focus. Here's another point. In verse 12, strength of the journey comes from considering the consequences. We need to consider the consequences. Um, So I give them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsel. The the consequences of not listening and rejecting God are strength. Um, There's a great illustration of it in in Samuel. And I'm going to read through a text. It's a longer text, but I want you to hear it and see it. Um, it's where the people of God wanted what they wanted more than uh, what God had for them. And in 1 Samuel 8, 4 to 22. So bear with me as I read the whole passage because it's an important point for us to realize the consequences of not listening to our God. It'll be up on the screen for you. 1 Samuel 8, 4 to 22. Um, then all the elders of Israel gathered together And came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king. Stop. Who was their king? God was their king. Okay, so don't let that just slip out. I did just wanted a king. No, 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 no. 
They wanted to reject the king they had. They wanted a new king. Okay, back to the text. Now, appoint to us a king to judge us like all nations. Stop. They wanted to be like the world. They were choosing to not have the king, God Almighty. They wanted to be like all the other nations. It's not like us. Can't we just be like everybody else? Can't we just do what everybody else does? Can't we? Okay, back to the text. But the thing displeased Samuel. And they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you. Here it is. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all of the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. He will appoint to him for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of 50 and some of plow to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and to your and of your vineyards and give it to his officers. And to his servants, he will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. Here it is again. They said, no. There shall be a king over us. And we will also, that we may also be like all the nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey their voice and make them a king. And Samuel then said to the men of Israel, go every man to his own house. You want your own way? You want your own king? You want to be like the rest of the world? So be it. Go ahead. Let's see how that works out for you. They already had a king. They had the Lord God Almighty. They they already had the, the plan that God had for them to get their eyes fixed on him and to listen, to listen, to listen. And yet they wanted what they wanted more than they wanted what God wanted for them. Verses 14 and 15. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him and their fate would last forever. But you want what you want. You get what you want. You you don't focus on the Lord. You don't trust on him. And and you you just watch how that works out for you. It's going to be a hard journey. It's going to be a hard 
Every journey is going to be a hard journey. You got to decide, do I want to do the journey with the Lord or without the Lord? Choose to sin, choose to suffer. And they chose to sin. See, there are consequences. There are consequences when we don't listen to God. There are consequences when we don't follow his ways. God, help me, help me, Lord. I need this as much as everybody else in the room. I can be so bent. I'm just going to do this on my own. I'm just going to do this on my own. The Lord goes, well, you're on your own. I don't want those consequences in my life. Be sure you sin will find you out. And it did for them. And the nation struggled. And the nation was, and was still their people. God still loved them. He still cared for them. But the decisions they made had consequences in their life. And the decisions you are making to do things in your own strength are having consequences in your life. God, help me to be a man of God. Help us as a church to be people of God who get our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the last thing. Strength for the journey comes from finding satisfaction in God's promises. You have strength for the journey when you get satisfaction over what God wants for you. I love the last verse of this text, verse 16. But he, but he would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with the honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. Strength for the journey to find satisfaction in what God has. Well, so what? So what? Who are you trusting in today for your strength? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Lord, I need your strength. I need you to be my strength. I need to do that through passionately worshiping you to remembering your goodness, to listening what you say and doing it, to realize the consequences of my getting my eyes off of you. And and Lord, help me to get my eyes back on you. But then Lord, the promise, the promise that you will care, you will supply, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Strength for the journey. We all need it. Where are you finding it today? Where will you find it in the rest of this day as we seek to live lives to bring glory to our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that is found in your word. Father, you are our strength. You are. We we need to realize it. We need to submit to it. We need to come under it. We need to desire it. We need to passionately follow you. We need to listen to what you're saying. Oh, God, help me. Help me, Lord, to do that more and more every day. Not looking for my agenda, not looking for the consequences I want, not looking for the end, the end game that I want to see, but Lord, not your will, but not, not, not my will, but your will be done. Would that be the cry of my heart, the cry of our church, for the glory of our Savior, we pray in Jesus' name.